0: This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair because it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show, we're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffy. This is the Dave and Checky Show. Hey, how are ya? Welcome back. All right, good to see ya. Let's get started.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, I can't, I can't.
0: <laughs> well, let's just get right into it, folks. Oh, okay, open. Have you ever seen something in the woods you just could not identify? Well, that's what today's show is about.
1: That's not Creatures
0: true. of the Night okay. and Misfortune.
1: Oh, okay. Uh anyway, uh welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to uh another episode of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast. Uh this is episode number 79. 79. Uh, And this uh, podcast features your pals.
0: Raul and Julio.
1: I would like to be
0: Julio. We are a team that together we do a Raul Julio act.
1: Uh Uh-huh. What do we do?
0: Well, Anything that has to do with Raul Julio.
1: I don't know what that means. You know,
0: like we do uh, Adam's family impressions and, you know, other stuff that he was involved with.
1: Uh, he, was in that, uh, he was in that movie, that uh, movie that MST3K did. It might have even been the last MST3K.
0: Oh, jeez. Which one was it?
1: Oh, shoot. I'll look it up real quick.
0: Anything he's in is a charm. The man was a good actor. I saw him as a little child on uh, Off-Broadway. He was in a play that my father produced.
1: Overdrawn at the memory bank is MST3K episode 822.
2: They monkeyed around with his mind.
3: Nothing to worry about.
2: Then they lost his body. Either I'm nuts or you are. Now he's trapped inside a supercomputer.
0: We're nothing more than a bite in a giant
2: computer! Where fantasies are virtual reality. We will terminate him! Raul Julia, part machine, all man. I guess I made some waves. Overdrawn at the memory bank. Tomorrow at 3 p.m. 12 Pacific on the Sci-Fi Channel.
1: Somehow he gets punished, you know, he's living in some some sort of uh, metropolis type of existence, you know, uh, where he's just like a worker bee or whatever. And he he bucks the system because he's bored and he needs to be punished somehow. So they put his brain or, or they wire his brain somehow to be, uh, you know, some sort of baboon or something. It's it's really weird Um it's pretty bad, but it's MST3K, so that it ma- that makes it way fun. But it's not a it's not a, a good movie at all. Like it's a it's a terrible movie. <laughs> uh, let's see what IMDb gives it.
0: Now, what's the movie that uh, Gene Simmons is in?
1: Runaway.
0: Would you say it's better or worse than that one? Oh. Way worse. Okay, just gotta know what kind of scale we're looking at here.
1: This this is overdrawn at the memory bank on IMDB gets a two point three out of ten.
0: <laughs> Wait, what year is it from? It looks like he's relatively young there.
1: Yeah, he's pretty young.
0: Who who else is in it? Nineteen
1: eighty three it says. <laughs> uh Linda Griffiths. Donald Moore, Wanda Cannon, people that you don't know is what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, I don't know any of those people.
1: So, but. Uh, Bizarre. That's, that's our Raul Julia sidetrack, Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. Awful, but totally watchable via MST3K. I will say that. Uh, anywho, today's episode is not about Raul Julia
0: god damn it
1: today's episode is all about lost soul the doomed journey of richard stanley's island of dr moreau
3: We just thought that Richard Stanley doing Island of Doctor Moreau was one of the most exciting projects
0: we'd heard of in a while.
1: This is going to be a huge project and this is going to propel Richard Stanley into the superstardom that he deserves as an auteur.
4: It was a script we were extremely confident in, that we thought would be some sort of milestone in the genre. Newline tried in different ways to contain the material. I wasn't particularly enthusiastic about the project, frankly.
3: There was some
1: lunatic movie that's known as one of the worst films
2: ever made.
4: Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer were there to mess with the film as much as possible.
2: I've dealt with some very, very difficult actors in my life, but I have never... Ever dealt with somebody like Marlon Brando? He wanted an ice bucket on top of his head.
3: He'd covered himself in white paint.
2: I think that's how the whole mini-me thing developed, of Marlon ad- adopting this little guy.
3: It doesn't matter who directs it. It's not. It's not. It's not about the vision. It's a. You know. It's about the stars.
2: Did you hear about? Oh my God! The, the Richard Stanley climbed into a tree today. It wouldn't come down.
3: It was living and breathing Moreau, and then literally just have that murdered. I think he probably went a bit mad. I think once
4: that rumour started that Richard Stanley was in the background, that I think that just grew into Richard Stanley then wanting to sabotage the shoot.
2: As it went on, it descended into more and more kind of madness. I knew that this was going to be totally insane and that we were going to be hugely lucky if we just finished
4: a film with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Knowing that the odds were stacked against me, I resorted to witchcraft.
2: i <laughs> wondered what happened to Richard Stanley.
0: All right, let's cut that title down because that is not a memorable, memorable title was not a good title. Are you kidding me?
1: I think it's a fine title. It's a documentary.
0: Uh, what's Lost Soul? Is he supposed to be the Lost Soul?
1: I believe he's the Lost Soul.
0: Richard Stanley, the Lost Soul. The journey of Richard Stanley's okay. is Island of Let Dr. me Dakima. just say this. The lost we soul. have
1: discussed for the past month or so, and as dude, we have switched Jerry. our setup uh-huh. a little bit, I have oh, told I'm Dave he is not supposed to, not supposed
0: Wait, to read my screen. Let off me turn my, my compu- chair. Let's just solve this screen. right now. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm moving my chair. Oh,
1: my God. Okay. He is. Don't be upset. He cannot
0: not look at my screen. Oh, I've scared the black cat. Uh-huh. Is that some sort of metaphor?
1: Anyway, so The Island of Dr. Moreau uh, is a movie that came out in 1996 uh, starring uh, Val Kilmer and uh, Marlon Brando.
2: On the sixth day, God created man. On the seventh day, he rested. And on the eighth day, in the year 2010, in a remote laboratory, an exiled scientist created something impossible. Unmistakably human. Undeniably animal. On the island of Dr. Moreau. And I like present my children. Father? Oh my God. From Director John Frankenheimer. H.G. Wells' most terrifying creations. About the line that separates man from beast. Australia! And the notorious doctor who dared to cross it. We are men because the Father has made us men. Marlon Brando. Val Kilmer. David Thulis. The Island of Dr. Moreau, directed by John Frankenheimer.
1: The story is a is based on a book by H.G. Wells. Um, at the time in the in the nineties, uh, Richard Stanley was an up and coming uh, indie horror director. Um, I, you know, I would think. He was kind of like a, a Robert Rodriguez, like doing indie stuff that people were getting, uh, taking notice of.
0: That's fair enough.
1: He had written and directed some uh, horror movies, like Hardware, I think was a, was one that got him noticed, and then another one, Dust Devil. So he was uh, on the rise, and he had, in as a child, really loved the story and uh, of H.G. Wells' The Island of Dr. Moreau.
4: I'd first come across the book, in fact, the same copy I've got here, which is a, a first edition in my um, father's bookshelf. When I was very small, four or five, I remember um, being drawn to it, probably because it was bright red and it's got some interesting plates in it, and um, being warned off by my parents, who consistently told me that it was too scary, which of course drew me to it very strongly, and I read it as fast as I could
1: he had come up with a script for it and was trying to you know get uh still an indie movie made still uh you know a low budget independent movie made but was trying to get new line who had uh at that point i think their most famous uh franchise was the freddy krueger movies so they were uh horror they were not they were not big budget uh Oscar winning type of film uh studio. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he had he approached them with this script and uh from for whatever reason his dream of you know they had some storyboards they had a good script that people liked Uh, and it just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of just blew it up into something else entirely.
4: Ed figured out a way of getting to Marlon Brando. Someone had the idea of
0: Brando playing Dr. Moreau, which changed the whole character of the movie and increased the budget enormously.
1: They had just had uh, Marlon Brando in, I think he... uh, forget which movie it was um maybe the one with johnny depp
0: yes it was with johnny depp what was though
1: i forget i forget like uh, don i didn't want to say don,
0: don. juan carlos is, carlo i know uh, don Pe-
1: don juan de marco i think i don't know anyway so and and he apparently on that shoot marlon brando had been in, insanely difficult to deal with and These guys at New Line had said no, never again. But yet, here he was. uh, They were pushing him for for this movie. And look, Brando might have been crazy as fuck. He might have been hard to deal with. But even on a bad day, he's going to give you a very interesting performance. So no one was going to say no to him. So they didn't say no to him.
4: The very next thing I heard was that, yes, Brando was prepared to be Dr. Moreau. The money was an escrow, and that the film was greenlit.
1: I think he was looking for just a few million dollars to make this movie. His vision of this movie. And it turned into a money pit with a ton of egos. It's almost like (laughs) it's... uh, I don't know. It's almost like the gods were against him from the beginning.
0: Well, how did he fund his first movies? Why didn't uh, he just do that with his? Why didn't he just do that with this movie? He didn't have the rights to it. Well, I think I think these
1: you know these these first movies, the Hardware, the Dust Devil, I think, uh, and other stuff he might have done. You know, that's kind of you put it on your credit card, you bar- beg, borrow, and steal. And, uh, you know, I think it's one of those type of
0: well, pr- production. What about the guy from Troma? Trauma? Uh-huh. What's his name? Kaufman. Did he ever sell out and get a deal? He might have gotten a Actually, I think he did maybe
1: sell rights to one of those Trauma properties. I don't know if it's Toxic Avenger or something else. I know.
0: Mm, another one. Uh, John uh, John Waters. Uh-huh. He finally did that, too. So every one of these indie weirdos eventually sells out and makes a deal with either Broadway or Hollywood.
1: Okay. Well, this guy's... I, I, I mean, you know... I don't know if I would consider him to be a Hollywood weirdo. Who? Richard Stanley?
0: No, he's not a Hollywood weirdo. He's just a weirdo.
1: Okay. Uh, anyway, so he had this dream of doing this movie. Um, don't
0: act like the man is innocent. Now, let me just give you my take on it, first of all.
1: All
0: right. He is a weirdo. Okay. His mom was fucked up and she raised a weirdo. Made him a weirdo. How
1: do you so Why do you say
0: that? He says in the docu- in the documentary, uh-huh. he says, "My mom subjected me to a strange upbringing, something to that effect, it made me what I am."
4: brought up by a strong mother who was involved in witchcraft, and anthropology and stuff, and stayed on the road the whole time. But she was a very good mother in that she was very unstable and um, gave me a kind of um, disastrous upbringing that was uh, largely responsible for what, what I am today.
0: And then they show all the odd stuff he's into and his image for for this movie he's got all kinds of crazy storyboards with imagery of Bestiality and all kinds of odd shit, and he's into all kinds of dark, crazy stuff.
4: We also rationalized that Montgomery would um, undoubtedly be sleeping with the beast people if he's been on the island for um, decades. I know in one version we had the thought of um, the pig lady biting Montgomery's dick off during the final party, which... <laughs> Later in the story, the beast people get into Montgomery's stash, so suddenly we're dealing with humanized animals of drugs, which is a a very appealing thought, and one starts wondering how they would behave and what they would see. um, These were to prove to be um, controversial elements later in the development process.
0: And then, to top it off, the reason everything went downhill is because he resorted to witchcraft.
4: Knowing that the odds were stacked against me, I resorted to witchcraft. Um, At that point in time I was friendly with this warlock chappy, um, it's in England, Dr. Edward James Featherstone, commonly known as Skip. So Skip had been shown to demonstrate his ability to fix things, to do invisible mending before. So I said, my God, Skip, you've got to help me. Um, You've got to save my movie. At the exact same time that I went into the meeting um, on the other side of the world, Skip convened his coven, cut his arm, drew a sigil, did some kind of routine to fix it and make it all all right.
1: In the documentary, um, they just were going to take the project and the script from Richard Stanley, and they were going to have Kid Toucher and Rapist, uh, what's his name?
0: Steven Spielberg. Oh, Roman Polanski, Roman Polanski.
1: Uh, direct this film. So they they were just they were just taking this guy right out of the mix. His idea, his vision, his storyboards, his script, and they were like, "Oh, this is great. Let's just uh, we're going to just minus you from this." <laughs> so from the beginning, they didn't for whatever reason they didn't want him involved. Um, but uh, he had a cha- he had a, a chance to meet with Marlon Brando. And he was going to try and convince Marlon Brando that he was the guy. He was the guy to direct this movie, to direct his own script. And so he, before he went into Marlon Brando's house, he called a friend, you know, on the other side of the world, uh, in England, who was this uh, practicer of magic, uh, who put a spell on the meeting so that the meeting would go
0: well. And then he gets witchcraft... And it works for a second and then crushes everything around him because that's the price you pay when you're inexperienced and you use witchcraft.
1: Richard Stanley goes into uh, Marlon Brando's home, has the meeting, and somehow is able to convince Marlon Brando that, yes, he is the guy for the job. And Marlon Brando's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this movie without you. From there, it's like, giddy up, let's go. Um, they go through all this pre-production Marlon Brando's daughter passes away, commits suicide Uh, they had wanted to get Bruce Willis involved Um, but he started getting a divorce from uh, Demi Moore and he didn't want to leave the country for whatever
0: reason all part of the black magic spell coming back around
1: Uh, maybe, I don't know
0: yes, uh, go on
1: And uh, they get Rob Morrow from Northern Exposure. That is a cool cat. He seems like a cool guy. And uh, they get uh, somebody to help rewrite the script to make it a little bit more modern. Um, So things are, you know, then they scout this location in, uh, in Australia that's absolutely beautiful. And they're all set to start and, uh, you know, they had, to get, uh, they had to get Val Kilmer.
4: A number of things went wrong in the pre-production period. Really, the, um, the beginning of the end, the death knell, was um, when um, Bruce divorced Demi and decided for various complicated personal legal reasons that he could not leave America for the next six months. I then made um, another strategic error I met Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer was a
0: big star then, and so the film all of a sudden became a $35 million movie, which at that time was like $70 million today. So it was a big movie, which was far greater in its demands and its ambition
4: all of which worked okay until I was urgently summoned from the island to a meeting with Val in Tokyo, where Val was for the um, Batman Forever premiere. Val was then at the height of his powers, surrounded by adoring Japanese fans, and um, behaving, I thought, very arrogantly indeed towards them. And, um, Val had decided that his life was too busy to devote as long as we needed him for to, uh, to Dr. Moreau. Um, Val demanded 40% fewer shooting days. I was told in no uncertain terms that after the Bruce Willis debacle, if Val left the ship, um, New Line would probably close the project down and we'd probably go back to the turnaround. At this stage, I was already building the big house on the island and was determined to go ahead. I knew that we had to somehow solve this.
1: Val Kilmer had just been in a Batman movie that I guess people, he thought that this was, you know, his...
0: Was this before or after the doors?
1: Batman Forever was after the doors the doors was 91 batman forever was 95 and this was 95 96 that they were shooting this so uh he was i guess you know the hugest thing or about to be the hugest thing um so they they get him they think okay uh this guy is going to be a box office draw but Val Kilmer, even before they started shooting, even before he got to Australia for the shoot, he starts saying, "Oh, I, I you know, I only want to work this amount of time, and uh, I want, you know, uh, I, I want all these days off, and blah blah blah." So it, it gets to the point where they actually have to change what role he's playing. It's, it becomes a clusterfuck pretty quick.
0: Why uh, I didn't realize Val Kilmer was such an asshole. You didn't? <clears throat> no, did you?
1: I had heard he was an asshole. <clears throat> really? I had not I had not heard that he had ruined Richard Stanley's career. And I I, I just want to bring this back for uh just a second. This all started for me um there was an article about Val Kilmer that was making the rounds on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh What happened to Val Kilmer? He's just starting to figure it out. Uh, It was a New York Times article. Um, But I had seen it retweeted by this gentleman, Phil uh, Noble, Jr. He is the editor-in-chief and creative director at Fangoria. And his tweet said, I would like to see this very zen version of Val Kilmer watch lost soul a documentary that illustrates in great detail how he destroyed a young filmmaker's career leaving it in ruins for over two decades so he could indeed see how it all worked out i was like wow i didn't i don't even know what this documentary is mm. so that's what got me uh that's what got me on the path to. as even... uh
0: val kemer responded
1: that I I don't know, and I, I I kind of doubt. I think karma has uh, swung around completely to Val Kilmer, um, so uh, I don't I don't need I don't I don't know that he needs to respond at this point. Uh,
0: I always confuse Val Kilmer with Jean Claude Van Damme.
1: You shouldn't do that. Why? Because because Jean-Claude Van Damme is a like a martial arts acting type like a Steven Seagal. Anyway, let's let's get let's get back on track. The the pre-production gets messy and then they, they get to the place. They have all these these makeup artists that are there to put these people in their in their uh, cast and, and and make them up which takes hours and hours. And Val Kilmer gets a bug up his ass and is like, you know what, I don't want to work with this director.
4: The relationship with Val also became tense. This started
3: at the different attempts to read the script. We all met at Richard's house and uh, we're trying to do this first scene. So I start, you know, being out of the and this whole like Tempest thing. And, and Val is just sitting there smoking a cigarette. Wait, is this it? No, 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 so, wait, wait, he, we can always cut it down, but he's still he's still talking. Okay, okay, okay. Is, is this it? Is this it? He's, he's saying all that? He's saying all that? This is the first scene in the movie and he's saying all that? Okay, well, okay. So I already know something, like he didn't like it. He did not like that the movie would start with me doing The Tempest. And he's like, Richard, look, I don't understand why this character Maling has to be in the first scenes anyhow. I don't get it. Uh, and Richard was like, well, he's your assistant. Well, but look at look at his, look at the makeup. I mean, he looks like a monster. I mean, I don't, I don't buy it. I mean, like, and you know what? I don't need an assistant. And Richard st- stood his ground. He said, like, no, it's in the script. By the time Kilmer changed parts and took on
2: this other part of the drug fucked assistant to, uh, to Marlon Brando's Dr. Moreau, he was playing up a bit on set. He was just kind of being a bit rude and abrasive. Um, he... That was his character though, so fair go. Maybe that was the way he prepared to be an asshole, to you know, act like one off camera. I happened to be at a restaurant where Val was at another table and he sort of summoned me over and started saying how this wasn't working for him and you know, something serious had to happen.
1: Val Kilmer thinks he's this huge fucking movie star Meanwhile, you know, you've got Marlon Brando, who is a a huge fucking movie star. It's just really odd.
0: The only reason Marlon Brando agreed to work with him was because he doesn't like Hollywood and he was going to do anything that was against what they wanted. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's... Look... Yeah?
0: They get to the island there, or whatever the hell it was, and uh, his personal assistant gets bitten by a poisonous spider Yep, and her hand almost falls off melts, her skin melts away and then simultaneously the guy who cast the spell his bones start to deteriorate That's and, his, right. and his limbs fall off or something
4: Back in London, Skip, the Sufi warlock who had first fixed the whole thing for me during the Brando meeting, he was a pretty brilliant um, biochemist. Skip believed that the clay wall in his laboratory had been too thin and that he'd accidentally become irradiated during his experiments. But what happened was that his bones started to crumble. One morning, um, his hip dislocated, his leg literally popped out of the socket. In hospital when they operated, he then caught um, necrotizing this, um, flesh-eating parasite. During that time, every single one of Skip's fixes came undone.
0: It's called You Shouldn't Mess With The Stuff You Don't Know What You're Messing With.
1: Well, it it does all seem to fall apart. I mean, in the end... Oh,
0: not to mention Uh the insanely bad weather only in that one spot. (laughs) He cursed the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I think that one spell maybe just started unwinding at a, a, a rapid rate.
0: And in return, they said, okay, and not only is this going to happen to you, but all good things will happen to Roman Polanski.
1: What good things are happening to Roman
0: Everything Polanski? in his life. He's been commended and given award after award, and he lives in Paris. The man has lived a good, a good life comparatively after, after this spell was put upon him.
1: Yeah, Roman Polanski.
0: I mean, look at Roman Polanski post-1995. I bet you're going to see a charmed life.
1: Well, you see people giving him standing ovations, even though he's yes. an anal racist. No ovacist. one's giving
0: Richard Stanley anything. I'm he,
1: giving Richard Stanley's my fucking... I'm giving him don't a... Don't give the
0: devil his due.
1: Him, I'm giving him my moral
0: support Start for shouting his... shouting and don't bark at the devil.
1: His newest project, which we will talk about in a bit. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, things go wrong. Things go wrong in Australia, Australia, uh, Things go terribly wrong in Australia. And... Kilmer is insistent that he... Is not the director.
0: Oh, so... They have James Woods in the film and they had to fire him.
1: Well, he... I don't think he ever got there. I think he was, you know...
0: They had to replace him with Val Kilmer. Uh, That's whose yes, role they replaced.
1: Yes, okay. Yes. Right. So, the other thing is that Rob Morrow goes to Australia for four days, I think he was there. And he was uh, he was freaked out by all of the weird shit that was going on there.
4: Rob Morrow was in the
2: captain's cabin of the ship uh, talking by a radio phone to his agent in LA screaming to get me off this flaming picture.
0: In those four days I started sending um, SOS's to my lawyer saying this
2: is looking weird you know there's bad stuff going on here, there's bad um, vibes between people. He was calling me from Brisbane and he said we don't know each other and I'm very happy to be working with you etc., etc." just kind of a little introduction and then all of a sudden he almost broke down he said this is totally insane I cannot cannot continue you i i i don't know what to do I, I i want to get back to my family in the united states i can't stand this it's complete insanity would you please 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 let me out of this
1: and so he uh, left and then they brought in this other guy um
0: tom morrow ah, tom morrow got it
1: <laughs> no that's not funny
0: it's always a day away
1: david Thulis. To play that part. Uh, That's me. What?
0: Foolish. David Foolish.
1: Foo, foo. Oh,
0: what is he? From
1: Thailand? Yes, exactly. So, three days after they actually start filming, Richard Stanley gets fired.
0: I had to let Richard go. It was the only time in my... Career, i ever
2: had the responsibility of changing a director, and it was very difficult. It wasn't handled well at all. It was um, sort of the call went to his agent, and the you know, was done that way, sort of not the manly way you might say.
0: So, how much of the film is in? It was his responsibility? I have ended up on the screen.
1: I have no idea. I have no idea at all. So then he kind of just, the studio, New Line Cinema tells these, uh, you know, some, one, of the guy, one of the worker guys, you know, the, one of the drivers, whatever, look, you need to escort him to the airport and get him away from that, that uh, set. And so this guy drives him to the airport. He has his ticket drives him to the airport, you know, watches him go into the airport and this guy leaves and Richard Stanley never shows up at the end of the destination. So he's missing. He does not get on the plane. So they don't know what the hell happened to him. But in the meantime, New Line is scrambling to find a new director because now they know that They've got this all you know, they have to pay these people who are there without anybody filming. They're there without a director. Um, they're there with Val Kilmer and uh, Marlon Brando, who sometimes neither of them would wanted to be the first of the actors to be on set. So they would just sit and wait in their trailers and be like, "Well, I'm not going out until he goes out." And that would go on for hours Like at some points they wouldn't show up Until the afternoon It was absurd So New Line finds uh, What's his name Frank John Frankenheimer To To go because apparently he's got a reputation As being a somewhat of a talent wrangler As well You know not, not dealing with These crazy egos And they ship him there and then all these rewrites start happening. It becomes even more and more insane. And in the documentary, they they definitely do a good job of letting you know of what was happening. I wish there was more footage from that time because it's at a time when there were people were, you know, there were handy cams. Mm. But, uh, you know, it, uh, there doesn't seem to be that much footage or maybe um, there is. It's just that they... It, Not everybody knew they were doing the documentary I don't know But they they do have some footage of the people Fucking around, playing around, drinking Playing with race cars I mean these people were sitting in a hotel Getting paid You know, they were getting paid fully But they weren't doing anything Because there was, you know If there wasn't a director Then there was a standoff between these These people uh, Kilmer and Brando Shit fest. It seemed like a shit fest. It seemed like a shit fest, but you know, as I was watching the documentary, I was thinking this would make a good movie.
0: What would what would the documentary? The
1: documentary. It, it would make you know, kind of like uh, the behind the scenes of the room. You know how they did that. The disaster artist. I could see this being this this being also a a fun movie to put together as sort of a, a a dark comedy because it's i mean it's it's pretty insane and then uh Brando started started make taking these liberties with his character that people thought were, were you know just totally out there at one point he wants an ice bucket on his head <laughs> and then and Feruza Salk comes over and uh, and she pours ice into his ice bucket hat you know it's and he comes out and he's decided he's wearing white makeup when he's outside for whatever reason and and cheesecloth
0: it's who was the chick I know who is she
1: that's uh Faruza oh Faruza Balk I'm sorry
0: why What's she from
1: oh she's been in a lot of stuff she was in the water boy she's in a lot of stuff she was in the craft
0: oh I remember that one things
1: to do in Denver when you're dead ZZ Top, Breakaway. Uh, she's in a lot of stuff.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's in stuff right now.
0: Yeah. Really good for her. She didn't ruin her career.
1: No, she was great. She was... No. That's the other thing, is that... So, this, this movie, The Island of Dr. Moreau gets a crazy reputation as being one of the worst movies ever made so after i watched the documentary of course i want to watch the island of dr moreau so i did and it's not terrible it's is it the best movie i've ever seen no but it is certainly fucking not the worst movie i've ever seen
0: so, if you hadn't heard any of this all about it, you wouldn't have thought it was that bad of a movie? No,
1: I definitely wouldn't have. I That's definitely wouldn't have. a th- interesting. I would have... Uh, I would have... If I hadn't... I would never have watched it if I hadn't have heard of it, of the documentary. But now that I've watched it, um, I, I think the really funny part is Val Kilmer barely in it. Yeah. It's like they cut him, cut him out. Because that... If I've started reading the original script um, From Richard Stanley Which is available online I will definitely link it in the show notes um, So I started reading that And of course this character Montgomery um, Val Kilmer's character Is a major character uh, And he's also a major character In the book Which I also started to read But they have uh, They edited him quite a bit down I mean it's main, mainly Thulis, and, and he's the star really, that guy Thulis Like he's he plays um I think in in uh, in the book his name is Prend Prendick. Pendrick? He's one of those two. Alright. So but in the, in this story his name is Douglas. And uh he he's you know he is the the hero quote unquote hero of the story like it it's happening to him and around him
0: so. When's the original book written? Uh,
1: 1896. Wow. Okay. 1896. There's been a few uh, adaptations of this story to uh, movies. Um, this was the the last so far 1996 uh so it's full 100 years after the story was written um imdb is giving this a 4.6 i i I just don't agree i don't agree Ah. it's it's not that terrible it's not 4.6 it's just not there are there are worst movies um I think it's just kind of fun I guess to say that this is terrible but I I guess because I've seen so many movies that are really terrible that uh, maybe that's why I think this is better than terrible but you know to each his own I guess
0: well I didn't get to see much of it what I saw it didn't seem as bad as they were saying it didn't seem great for sure Um, the crazy thing is that what he ends up doing Right, so
1: he, you know, the, the, all of this madness is going on in the in the production, and uh, at some point, a couple of guys from the production they have time off. There's, you know, there's they're not doing anything, and they wander up the river, and they come upon Richard Stanley on the river in a bathtub, basically taking a, a bath on the river banks. <laughs> and they're like oh my god you're here still and he was like yeah I'm, you know just chilling out up here and they're like oh my god come back with us people would love to see you because no one only val kilmer didn't like him but val kilmer was enough of a name to to ruin him val kilmer's word for whatever reason was enough to get this guy fired from his own project so uh, he's like, "Oh man, I don't know. I'm in deals. They're, they're still going to pay me as long as I stay away." And they're like, "We'll hide you. Come on, come on." So he he goes back down to the set, and they put one of the animal masks on him, and he is actually in the movie as an extra as one of the beast men because he's been hanging out with the the cast the whole time.
0: How does that even? How does that's that's absurd? That is the most ridiculous shit. He's actually in the movie. Yes, that's too much.
1: And that's why I think this would make a great movie because it's just so absurd. It's so absurd. I love it. I love that he went back down there and was like, "Fuck it." He's a uh, he's in like a in a like a melted face dog. Uh, mask, and he still has it. Though the he, you know, he was saying that the uh, the latex or whatever the the mask is made of deterior, you know, has deteriorated quite a bit in the past twenty years or so. But he still has it, and I I think that's hysterical. But they, ch- I mean, they they took his script and they changed it quite a bit. Um, I mean, you can't they can't change it too much. They st- they're going to stick to the story of. of of H.G. Wells, but they—I've uh, read maybe half of his script, and I've seen where they've just—they've consolidated it a lot, uh-huh. um, probably because they wanted to finish this movie pretty quick. But one of the uh, one of the actors in the movie—I was reading a, an interview with him—he said at one point. You know, all the actors got woken up in the hotel for a meeting in the middle of the night. You know, like two in the morning or something, where uh, Frankenheimer was like, "Look, I need your help. Help me. What, what should we do? How should we? What should we do to get this to be a complete movie?" Like he was, he was at his wit's end, and it's just like, "Well, why don't you just follow the script?" But I guess it was just. I think the script called for too much, too much more filming, and I don't think that the studio wanted to pay for much more. So uh, I guess they all got together. But this guy was saying, this guy who was in the interview was saying that, you know, you get a script, and then maybe a couple days later you'll get a script, and it'll be... Instead of everything being a white page, there might be some blue pages. So, you know, those are new pages. Mm -hmm. He said towards the end, they were running out of colors. They had gray. They had lilac. They had yellow. They had pink. They had all these different pages that were just being shoved into the original script, you know, while other pages were taken out. Insanity.
0: Did the movie lose money?
1: That's the interesting thing. It did not. It did not make a shit ton of money, but it did not lose money. I think the uh, the movie cost forty million to make. Its opening weekend it made nine million, but overall, it has made forty nine million six hundred twenty seven thousand. So it. Didn't lose them money but it caused a, a whole shitstorm. storm uh, it caused somebody to lose their career I mean Richard Stanley he, he worked on and off from then but nothing you know he had a he had a rising star path
0: I wonder how much they paid him
1: they probably you know I don't know what they paid directors on, on movies but he probably he probably got a million dollars I'd say. That's my guess.
0: Well that's one less million that they profit then. Right. What um, else did they profit on?
1: I don't know, but look it if you if they made a movie like the disaster artist based on this movie and then packaged them together, they would make a shit ton of money.
0: What's the disaster artist? The room? Yeah. Well they just call it the room. Because that's the name of the real movie? Because
1: I think they based it on a movie that uh, on a book that the Greg Sistero uh, is his last name, wrote. And that his book was called The Disaster Artist. I believe. Maybe I'm mistaken. Wait,
0: what's the movie that he made called? The Room. Bizarre. Very strange.
1: He's Mark. Oh, hi, Mark.
0: <laughs> Has he done anything since?
1: Yeah, they made a sequel. Those two guys are best friends, still. Tommy Wiseau and that uh, Greg guy. They're best friends.
0: Bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. How oh. about Tommy Wiseau, I mean, did he make something he made? That's the sequel he made?
1: Yeah, they they uh, he's still doing his thing, man. He's on Instagram. Tweeting shit out he's got Tommy Wiseau underwear and stuff with Ew, his face on it that sounds gross it's hysterical he's dude that guy's a fucking character that guy's
0: a that guy is a character he should have his own candle like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow
1: ugh no thank you so <laughs> uh, this documentary I think is it's pretty informative um,
0: it was interesting for sure so, what what did he do after this?
1: Well, hold on. So, oh. Ron Perlman was also in the movie.
0: With zero makeup.
1: He had makeup on. He did look very much like Vincent from uh, Beauty and the Beast, the Beauty and the Beast show. But, um, he, ref- David Thulis and Ron Perlman were both approached to be interviewed in this documentary. But, both turned down the offer. But when uh, Ron Perlman was interviewed on a podcast, he said that he declined being part of this documentary because he didn't want to say anything negative because he didn't know everything that happened between the fallout between Richard Stanley and New Line. He did say that for the short amount of time that they had, he loved working with Stanley and wished that he could have stayed with the project. So pretty much everybody had no problem with Richard
0: Stanley. Well, He didn't seem to be getting the job done. He wasn't going to meetings. He was staying in his house. He wasn't directing.
1: Right. There were some times where he was not going to meetings. He wanted them to come to him for the meetings. He
0: communicated with pictures.
1: (laughs) Storyboards. Well, but you know what? Look, I, I don't know what to say about that. Maybe he thought that the people in Australia couldn't understand him, or maybe he couldn't understand their accent. I uh, mean, they I were remember. deep in the they were they were deep in it. I mean, they were far from, from civilization. They were. They started hiring local people to be extras because they weren't. They were. They were fifty five minutes away from the hotel. I think.
0: Why are there so many hippies there? Why are the hippies so fucked up? Why are the locals so fucked up, brother? Well, I read that this was
1: this had been this shoot, this movie shoot had been the biggest thing to happen to that town, so people just started coming. To the town
0: oh, and it
1: turned it into like a festival atmosphere because they were just so happy that their town was being included in something I see. so it that's why it became crazy people were just smoking weed drinking all over the place it was like a it was like a weird west world orgy type of place from what i could tell and what i've read in addition
0: very strange. Why didn't the guy who runs uh, New Line put his foot down and just say, no, we're not hiring Brando in the first place? Yeah, I don't know. Somebody wanted want I, him, he said. Why didn't he fucking put his foot down? That guy, he's, he's, he's the head of the company. He's got no power.
1: This is what I think. I think somebody... I think Brando said to somebody, look, keep putting me in movies. I'll give you 10%. I think he said that to somebody at New Line. That is my guess. Because I can't think of another reason. They had just came out, came off of the Don Juan DeMarco. I think that's what it was called. And, they, and the guy said he was a complete nightmare. And for him to go right into another movie means somebody had to be getting a kickback somewhere. I, you know, that's my speculation, but I can't think of another reason why. I mean... It's Brando. Everyone wants to work with him, but, you know, he was a nut. But that's the other thing about this, this movie uh-huh. is that in the documentary, they talk about how crazy Brando was and how, you know, he had the ice bucket on his head and how he had this white makeup on <clears throat> and uh, he was wearing cheesecloth and it was insane. And how his, his assistant was in, an, in a trailer reading him his lines that he would then deliver, um, instead of like cue cards or whatever. But I have to say, all of the weird choices that Brando makes for this character, I, I feel like they do the job. I mean, he this in this particular movie, Moreau is has a weird god complex, obviously, and uh, he's he's not okay in the head. So. All of these little weird choices that Marlon Brando makes for the character I think add to that.
0: I think once Marlon Brando's character dies, the movie goes down the hill. Well, Downhill, shall I say.
1: This is what happens, I think, in other versions of this movie, other versions that were made. They kind of end it with him dying, but that's not... That's not true to the story. And H.G. Wells, in his book, he wants he shows that you know yeah they get rid of the law they get rid of the father figure and then they just go to shit you know they there's there's consequences for those actions so i
0: i i don't disagree with you i mean if that's the way you feel that's the way you feel but when we talk about hg wells that reminds me of my favorite Uh picture of all time Uh with uh Malcolm you, McDowell uh-huh. and uh, Mary Steen version. Uh-huh.
1: Mary's Sweetheart. Uh-huh.
0: Everybody loves her, but everybody seems to hate my favorite movie called Time After Time.
1: No, one. <laughs> I don't know why you have to go into Grady to talk about Time After Time, but I don't know that people hate it.
0: Oh, well, maybe it doesn't stand the test of time.
1: I never liked that
0: movie. But see?
1: Okay. Anyway, uh, so... Richard Stanley is on to a new project. Are you ready? Yeah. Richard Stanley is set to take another crack at adapting The Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, come on, man. More than 20 years up, after his last bite at the cherry went disas- dis- disastrously awry. Oh,
0: man, he's going to invoke the devil again?
1: The 53-year-old director was fired just three days into filming for the '96 adaptation of the H.G. Wells novel, which was ultimately helmed by John Frankenheimer. It,
0: he wasn't 53 then, he was 29. And starred
1: Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. Uh, the new Island of Dr. Moreau project was first mooted in 2017, but it seems uh, as if it is now on the path to fruition.
0: Who's backing it? New Line Cinema.
1: It's. Uh... They. Don't, I don't think they have it yet. They don't have. Uh, they don't have the a, a production studio yet.
0: It's Felice Navi Dive going to be in it.
1: It was the initiative of several of the original partners on the film, notably Edward R. Pressman, who was the original producer.
0: How about that German cat? Is he in on it? It's
1: a uh, German cat. No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, man. Bring him in. You liked him, huh? How about Veruca Salt, whatever the bitch's name is? She's
1: not a bitch.
0: I'm just referring to her in the vernacular.
1: uh 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 Anyway, um, so I think this is going to, they're looking to be a, uh, a series, like a Netflix type oh, of series. Man.
0: now they're, they're shit in the bed. Didn't he learn his lesson once?
1: Well, I gotta be honest, the book, the book takes place uh, over uh, several months.
0: Okay, let's just sign this over to Condoleezza Rice. She should do good with this.
1: Why do you say Condoleezza Rice? Oh,
0: wait, no. Who's in charge of Netflix? Susan Rice? Yeah, one of them Rices. Okay.
1: Uh, no, thank you. So, I think it's, uh...
0: That's a really good move, Rich. Yeah, give it on over to them. They'll do a good job with it.
1: Well, he's not... I don't think he wants to give it over to anybody. I think he wants
0: to do it his way. If he wants to do it his way, he should do a play. Uh Uh-huh. A live-action play on Broadway. Okay. By himself. Oh, a one-man play? Yes, because anyone else is not going to be able to get his vision correct, and it's going to go down the tube. See, I am... Before you know it, he's going to be invoking the devil, and someone's hand's going to corrode.
1: I am all-in with Richard Stanley. You seem to be anti-Stanley.
0: I'm more into Jimmy Page. Okay, but this is not about music. I'm just saying if I got to work with the devil, I want to work with Jimmy Page. I see.
1: Well, uh, all right. That's, that's, that's up to you. I would rather work with Richard Stanley.
0: The other thing about Richard Stanley. Uh Uh-huh. You ever, you ever can't sleep, put on a recording of him talking on a loop. He will drone you to sleep. Okay. I could not understand a word the man was saying. Maybe that's the problem. He couldn't direct because he speaks a language that no one can interpret. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. Maybe there was a some sort of uh, language barrier or some sort of... Uh,
0: his, 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 he speaks... Uh, his, you know how the human eye can only see a certain spectrum? His voice is off the spectrum that we can hear as humans.
1: I understood him perfectly. I did not. Okay. Well, but maybe that is why... That you said they, it um, like old
0: Greg. I was more like old vague. Uh-huh. Vaguely uh, hearing what he's talking about.
1: I'm going to have to cut that out.
0: Whoa. We, we want some...
1: I have not mentioned old Greg.
0: Would you like a...
1: In this podcast. Would you
0: like some baileys?
1: No. Would you, make an, would you like to make an assessment? Is that what he says? Yeah. Make an assessment? Make, make an assessment. So I thought perhaps he 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 sounded a little bit like uh old Greg. And, and not when old Greg says I have a vagina.
0: More like when he's talking about the funk.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So but also <laughs> Anyway, we're we're of getting off track, but so he's got this in the works uh an island of Dr. Moreau series. Oh man. Why not get uh, you know, why not get a, a GoFundMe together?
0: I, uh, here's who should play Doctor Moreau. Yeah, Randy Quaid.
1: Okay, I'm in for that. I'm in for Randy Quaid as Doctor Moreau. Who about? How about Montgomery?
0: Montgomery. Which one was he?
1: That was Val Kilmer's uh,
0: part. Uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: All right. He's supposed to be. Uh, he was supposed to be like a drugged out guy. He, I see him. You know, there's a lot of like parallels to Apocalypse Now. I kind of see um, Moreau, of course, as Kurtz, right? But I kind of see uh, uh, Montgomery as almost like um, Dennis Hopper. I kind of see him as the Dennis Hopper character. So maybe even like. Uh, James Woods would have worked. Who's the Olsen with the blonde hair?
0: The Olsen with the blonde hair.
1: No, is it Luke? It? The Wilson? Oh, Wilson, right. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Maybe Owen Wilson could, but the one, then here we go. We, You know, We got Randy Quaid, Owen Wilson. We're we're
0: overcasting this, I think. Maybe we need Owen Benjamin. Owen Benjamin? That's Dr. Moreau. I don't know that he's old enough. we will put a, some gray in his hair.
1: All right. And who would be the the Douglas character or the Pendrick?
0: Douglas. I think we've got to change his name back to Pendrick. That is it Pendrick Douglas or Prendick? I forget. Prendick. That, that sounds like a, that doesn't exist. Neither does Pendrick. Those are not words.
1: Prendick. It is Prendick. Edward Prendick.
0: Yeah, one of these new guys. Oh, I know who. Who? Uh, Sean Michael Scott.
1: You like him? <laughs> we we both like him.
0: He's good. He's really good. He's good.
1: See, this could be this could be. You know, it it reminds me of. The, it should
0: be a musical too. By the way. No,
1: I don't agree to that. Not a
0: reggae musical.
1: No. But Richard <laughs> Kelly, you know, he's, we could
0: call it the Island of Doctor Moreau. Mon.
1: No. Richard oh. Kelly, you know, in his uh, Southland Tales, also had like wacky, wacky goings ons You know, I mean, the movie was made, but it was, you know, there's a lot of uh, wacky direction going on. I love it, but this could this could be another one of those. He he could do it like that. I would appreciate the shit out of it. I don't know. I I would I would watch I would watch the series. Um, I'm now that I'm aware of Richard Stanley, I am now going to go back and try and find other stuff he's done. I'm not the biggest horror fan um, but I will go back and watch Hardware and Dust Devil and he's got other new stuff that he's he uh, that has come out. so I'm gonna watch I'm all in.
0: like nah, I said I'm reading the script. In, I'm it's reading the little, book. It's a little dark. What do you mean? He's just a dark imagery. He's not pleasant. Either the man is tormented.
1: Well, okay. That's fine. A lot of people are tormented.
0: Well, let's see. We'll see.
1: I mean, I don't know. I I think... I think uh, a movie based on this documentary would do well. And uh, I think if he wanted to go fund me, uh, maybe uh, that would... That would help.
0: Yeah, if Ron Perlman's so in love with him, maybe he should get involved in this new think, version.
1: I, per, I don't think he said he was in love with him. Hey, Ron He's... Perlman, why don't you marry him? Okay, I don't think he said that. Uh, I don't think that was w- what he said. He said that he enjoyed working with him and he wished he wouldn't have left the project.
0: Ron Perlman and Veruca Salt, why don't you guys get married and work with Richard Stanley? Okay, no, The only I'm... thing good about Richard Stanley is he sounds like he should be a rock musician from the 80s.
1: It's not Veruka Salk. I think is the girl from uh, Willy Wonka.
0: I know. She turns into a blueberry. Uh-huh. No, that's the other chick. This
1: is Feruza Balk.
0: Oh, man. That ain't a real word. Which, Just we, this podcast full of fake words. That's two words, and that's her name. Feruza? Where is she from? Russia? She's enchanting. <laughs> <laughs> she was
1: born in... California.
0: Oh, man. Is she born to a hippie? Did she go out with Anthony Kytus? Feruza
1: means turquoise in Farsi.
0: Hey, that's a farce, see? She, she went out with Anthony Kytus, didn't she?
1: Her father exclaimed as he saw her blue eyes. Ew. Her father, Solomon Feldhaus... <laughs> was a traveling musician originally from Idaho
0: who played with Anthony Kytus
1: what? and her mother Catherine Balk was a belly dancer
0: oh my god I am seeing why she exists
1: her parents split up soon after uh, Ferusa grew up just north of San Francisco California this traveling
0: a- musician had sex with a belly dancer and out came Faruka.
1: On a commune-type
0: ranch. Oh my God, where is Anthony Kytus? I'm telling you, they must intertwine.
1: Her mother later found work in Vancouver, British Columbia...
0: With Anthony Kytus' father. It was
1: there that Feruza began her career at age nine on really? the ABC special, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever.
0: Featuring Anthony Kytus.
1: Two years later, she went to the United Kingdom where she attended the Royal Academy of Ballet.
0: I'm getting a huge Kytus sense here.
1: The Ramona Beaucamp Agency, or Beauchamp Agency, and the Bush Davies Performing Arts School.
0: Okay, now, now we're getting away from Kytus.
1: Feruza worked for the Walt Disney Company for a while.
0: Oh, back to Kytus.
1: At 11, she was chosen from 1,200 girls to star as Dorothy in The Return to Oz in 1985. The next year, she starred prophetically enough as The Worst Witch
0: in Anthony Kitus's starring role as Anthony Kytus. A harbinger of her breakout role in The Craft ten years later. Now that they might have played some Red Hot Chili Peppers, so I think I finally met my mark.
1: Why do you think she has anything to do with Anthony uh, she Kytus? She looks like the
0: kind of person that Anthony Kytus would have dated. Uh, No Anthony Kytus? Going once? Going twitus? I don't think so. I don't know. All right. Maybe my senses are off. My Kytus senses are off. Personal quotes. Keep me away from that Anthony Kytus.
1: (laughs) She, She doesn't say anything about Anthony Kytus.
0: Ideal date. Not going anywhere with Anthony Kytus.
1: Uh. I don't know why you're so obsessed with Anthony Kytus.
0: I don't know. Hold I on. I just felt like they would have made a good couple.
1: Well, is it too late?
0: Under the bridge with Anthony Kytus and Veruca Salt. Alright, no Kytus. Come on, they gotta intersect somewhere. What's.
1: That? How do you spell his last name?
0: Uh. It's with a K E I D I S, maybe? IS this, Don't be mistaken with his father, who was in Lethal Weapon.
1: They have, they have, no connection at all.
0: Oh my God, I'm just not on it, man. All right, Anthony, you're off the hook.
1: Why? Why? Why was he on the hook?
0: I don't know. I thought he might have corrupted her or something.
1: I see. No, she seems like she's, uh, and even in this documentary, she's. You know, she's quite lovely. It seems like she's uh, still feels like she's an outsider in Hollywood. She's not a big fan of uh how they treated her friend Richard Stanley, who she thought was uh wonderful. Well, she could be in the new one. Maybe she could be in the new one. Maybe she could be the law-sayer. Maybe they can woke it up and make that a, a female character instead. She could be like the oracle law-sayer.
0: I like the craft.
1: I don't recall the craft, yes, but... Yes,
0: you do. Okay. They were on a campus, with girls practicing witchcraft. Is that the Heathers? No, something like, maybe like that.
1: It's like... Uh, yeah, I don't... I, I know I've seen her in many things. She's She's got a... Um, she's... She's not... She's not a plain-looking pretty you know what i mean she doesn't she's not she's like pretty
0: but she's evil looking
1: no she's 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 very pretty she doesn't look evil but she she has a very distinct look uh as opposed to there's a lot of like pretty girls that go through disney or through hollywood and they kind of all look the same
0: she, look, she makes elvira look like farrah fawcett
1: she kind of looks like a younger elvira She's very, she's very pretty. She's, she's, she's got beautiful eyes. She's very pretty. She's still very pretty.
0: She's got Elvira eyes. That was the original title.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I don't know why. Uh, Original title of what?
0: She's got Betty Davis eyes. uh, Oh, I see. But there wasn't enough syllables.
1: I see. I, okay. Betty Davis, Anthony
0: Kytus. Yeah, I'm on to something. Uh-huh. I like those kind of names.
1: Betty Davis? Betty Whitus. Uh-huh. Okay. Great. Uh, anyway, so uh, I would recommend very much seeing this documentary.
0: And if you know Faruza or Anthony Kitus, maybe you can point them in the right direction. Okay. Towards each other. Oh, I see. <laughs>
1: You think it's still? It's, it's not too late it's for not them. Too late.
0: That's I the see. name of their album. It's not too late. You think she the can duets?
1: Does she, you think she could sing a little?
0: Well, Better than he can.
1: Okay, because she does do some uh, dancing.
0: He well, so does he. So see what I'm saying. They I mean, meant in to the be.
1: in the in the island of Doctor Moreau. I don't think you saw that part, but she is belly dancing or or some sort of dancing.
0: Oh my! In homage to her mother. Well,
1: but it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's in the script as well, though. So I Everything haven't got to in that the p-
0: script. Is, okay. If you put it in, it's in the script. Uh-huh. There was no call for a weird guy in a bear out- in a dog outfit. That was the ex-director. He's in the script. Everybody's in the movie.
1: I love that he snuck back into the movie.
0: The ice bucket.
1: The ice bucket is, is brilliant. It's brilliant because you, he's trying to... Look, the character of Dr. Moreau doesn't necessarily say outrageously crazy things... I mean the things he says are off for sure What he's doing is is way off But he's got these other things These visual things That are even crazier than the things he's saying Which I think is I thought well, I, Once I gave it some thought I thought okay you know what Marlon Brando is a fucking genius
0: Is it the general consensus of the people That his last respectable film was The Freshman?
1: It might be It might be
0: That might have been 93
1: It was around there I think I mean I think Don Juan DeMarco was uh, People liked it It had Faye Dunaway in it Johnny Depp I, I know I went and saw it in the movie theater I guess I didn't hate it so what would you give Lost Souls?
0: This this, this documentary?
1: Lost... Uh, see, I'm saying it wrong. It's Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau.
0: I'd give it a seven.
1: You would give it a seven? Yeah, seven. All right. I give it a, a solid eight. A solid eight. I think it's... Uh, I think it's very good. Now, Stanley himself has said that the documentary is about sixty percent accurate. He noted that some details happen to different people, and some darker events are glossed over. Uh, he also says that, contrary to the film, he never has had four lumps of sugar in his in his tea or coffee.
0: Hmm.
1: So, uh, that that was just something that was in the. In the documentary, I don't know. I, I would, lo- you know, maybe he said that because he has his own story to tell. I'd love to, to hear about it.
0: Well, he's clearly uh, still uh, trying to set the record straight with his new version.
1: All right. Uh, yep. Yeah, so this one I'd give uh, an eight. Dave gives it a seven. I would give the Island of Dr. Moreau probably a, a 7.
0: No, oh, come on.
1: What did you give it, 6?
0: I didn't really watch much of it, but I could have, couldn't give it more than Rick a 6, I don't think.
1: All right. That's fine. Uh,
0: well, just for example, the scene at the end where they kill Val Kilmer's character. Yeah. That was that was bad. That wasn't good.
1: I see. I haven't read the book or the script to that point, so just, I don't know.
0: That, it just seemed like it wasn't good. Could have been better. I don't know. I'll have to see. Alright.
1: I think it was interesting how they cut him out though. I mean they cut his they cut him way down. Way down. So I don't know if he left. I, I there's more to the story. There's way more to Ooh, the story. Kilmer? Yeah.
0: What a schmuck!
1: What a schmuck! I would love to see all that footage because the uh, the location is is lovely, and there's a there's a lot of speculation in the documentary about that location, but it is a great location. Some of the footage in that movie is, I mean, how
0: they choose that spot.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Can I just? It's gorgeous. It is out of the, of the way, and it is it got pounded by hurricane, <laughs> and everything washed away. It was, it was just absurd. So okay, so maybe I give the you know what? No, I'm gonna still say seven because seven to me is 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 just good. From one to six to me is is reserved for really awful stuff. I don't think in our whole career together I've ever given a movie in between one and six alright um I think seven is the lowest I've ever given anything I know you gave famously gave uh the animal six and a half
0: <gasps> no I think I gave it more than that didn't I
1: no or I think you might have given it a six and a half and then I think you may have uh regraded it to a higher number at some
0: point it deserves a seven
1: okay here we go all right uh so that's been this episode uh if you want to s- listen to more episodes of our show you can find them all at middleagedcoolkids.com uh along with some dave reaction videos uh they're also there lots of stuff we've been pretty we're trying to keep pretty busy with the show during the quarantine times but uh, as summer approaches and we have things to do in the on the house, in the garden, it, we might might go to, go back to once a week or something and not these uh, reaction videos or maybe just reaction videos.
0: Whoa
1: <sighs> We'll figure it out. All right, we will talk to you next time, America. Bye.